Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and it's Magnificent Tuesday, and I want to give a big shout out to my national, international, and local fans and listeners. We are coming live from California. First of all, I want to thank all of you for your support every week for tuning in or downloading the Transformation for Success show. And for those of you who might be new listeners, uh, these shows are rebroadcast on the Empowerment and Business channels on Fridays at noon. And just so you know, Transformation for Success is a live radio broadcast and is immediately downloaded in podcast format for iTunes, Roku, Stitcher. So share with your friends and colleagues this information because you can always download the show. Want you also to check on the television side of the house because I have an online television network, Transformation Success TV, and that's on VoiceAmericaTV.com. We've got a lot of new shows coming up this month, and you can see those shows online. Now, on the Transformation Radio Talk Show, this is our last radio show ending well, it's not our last one, but it's our last show ending our Trailblazers Month and showcasing guests who are trailblazers in their fields of expertise. So today in the studio, I have one such trailblazer, a veteran television host, social media influencer and author, Mr. Shannon Lanier, who's been keeping audiences tuned in his entire life. Shannon currently co-host or co-anchors the CW 39's morning show in Houston, Texas. You can catch him there every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Shannon is also a writer. He's co-authored a book that he's going to share today where on his journey with co-authoring that book, he uncovers the history behind his heritage as a ninth generation direct descendant of Thomas Jefferson former president. So I want you to stay tuned because you want to learn more about Shannon Lanier. So please help me welcome Mr. Shannon Lanier to the show today. Be, ha- be certain, have your friends download the show if they can't hear it live. And I'm going to encourage all of you because Shannon's got a big message to share today. And so take notes if you're not driving. So listeners, if you have questions of my guest, Mr. Shannon Lanier today, you can call in the studio at one 346 9141. And I'm sure he'll be happy to answer your questions if you have them. So welcome, Shannon. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking time to be on the show. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. I'm glad that I am here to hopefully say something that helps you. <laughs> I know you will. All that stuff you said. <laughs> well, you know, I understand that you grew up in Cincinnati. Or are you from Cincinnati? Born and raised on the okay. playground. That's where I spent most of my days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Well, you know, one of the things uh, I know that uh, something about you that as a teenager, you got your first television job on Real yep. Exchange. And that was an, uh, an Emmy Award winning talk show focusing on issues uh, uh, important to young people. So tell me a little bit about how you got on that television show as a teenager. Well, you know, I, you know, thinking back to many, many years ago, 
I actually went to a high school that was dedicated to teaching students. It was like a college prep school, Hughes High School, which was dedicated to the communication profession that I went into. And I was one of those lucky kids that, you know, knew what he wanted to do ever since he was little. I was always running around with a camera in my hand, making home videos and, you know, doing just weird stuff on camera so I can show my entire family at like family parties and gatherings and stuff. And so once I went to Hughes High School and studied the communications profession, I was in this organization called, uh, I can't remember the name of it. That sounds horrible. But I was in an organization that also decided to let's get this message of positive teens out there more so people can know teens are positive and there's a lot of positive people or teens that are out doing great things. And so uh, Terry Tolentino, uh, she came up with the idea for the organization and for the television show that we did uh, down on WCPO Channel 9, and it just took off. You know, people loved seeing it. was sort of like a few people are familiar with uh, Teen Summit on BET. It was like Teen Summit, but for kids in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And uh, people loved it. It took off, and it was very successful, and it was a lot of fun to be able to, you know, sh- share our true feelings about certain issues and address them from a teen perspective. So you were actually in front of the camera. You weren't just running around taking pictures. You were now you're in front of the camera, (laughs) right? Right. That was my first big hosting gig besides, you know, doing the little stuff I used to do at our our school because we had a television studio at our school. We used to put on programs. And at that time, Jerry Springer, of all people, was the Cincinnati mayor. And he would come over from time to time and do television interviews with us and different things like that. So it was kind of cool. So you really got your start really early on. What do you think was sort of maybe for you your defining moment? Because you went to Kent State University. And, you know, we had a lot about Kent State um, making the Mm -hmm. news many years ago. Um, And you graduated from Kent State. Yep, 1970s. So did you major in communications? What did you major in? I studied electronic. My undergrad was electronic media production, and I did a dual degree and started my master's program before I even graduated high school. And my master's was in media management. I wanted to understand every aspect of the business, and that's one of the things I try to tell people is, like, if you're going to be in a career Know your craft. Know everything about it. Don't just know what happens in front of the camera. Know what happens behind the camera. Let's know what happens with upper management. Know what happens with how they, you know, put everything together, all the pieces of the puzzle. And that's going to make you more marketable. And it's going to hopefully make you more uh, knowledgeable about how to do your mm-hmm. job. All right, so that's you, what I did. And I, I think that's wonderful. Year round. <laughs> wow. Well, was, I mean, did you yeah, ever take I, a break? <laughs> Did you ever take a break, Shannon? I took a break from, I did take a break from college for uh, about a year to move to New York, write a book with my co-author, Jane Feldman, tour the world to interview descendants of both Jefferson and through his wife, Martha, and through his slave, Sally Hemings. So I guess that was sort of a break in in some aspects, but not really. (laughs) But, you know, I want to sort of segue into that, too. When did you find out? I mean, was it through uh, Jane Feldman? How did you find out uh, that you were well, a, ninth, a ninth generation direct descendant of Thomas Jefferson? Well, I've always known since I was a kid in my oh, family. Okay. You know, I've been very blessed to have, you know, a lot of family members to do the research for me and, you know, okay. 
my cousin Patty Joe and Diana Redmond and Patty Joe's mother and and a lot of other family members that you know shout out to them in Ohio they did a lot of the research and work to you know put the pieces of the puzzle together because they always heard the stories but they didn't have you know documentation and didn't know and then oral historian Beverly Gray helped connect my family with a lot of the stuff that they did not know because she was working and a lot of oral story of oral history of the Ohio families and she knew the history of the Jefferson family moving to Ohio and everything after that. Because once, once Madison Hemings, who is the son of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings, once he received his freedom and is after his mother passed away, he moved to southern Ohio. And mm-hmm. so that family stayed there. And then my mom still lived in that same area when she was uh, a girl. So, you know, it's just stories she knew. And Bev helped put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's how, you know, I've always known because of those people who put in the hard work. And a lot of people say, well, how can I find out more about my family? And I always say, start with the most knowledgeable person in your family, and they'll mm-hmm. probably tell you what you need to know. And that's what we well, did. I think that's interesting. Now, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is that the the this was sort of traced through the Hemings. So they didn't have a name like Jefferson. They had the Hemings name. Right. Am I right about that? Correct, correct. But, I mean, this was one of the uh, most famous families <laughs> in the country, yeah. so it was a little bit easier to track that down. I mean, even in Jefferson's days, there were tons of rumors and stories and articles about him having children with Sally Hemings. Um, and now, thanks to DNA, thanks to uh, all the historians and all the doctors and people who have studied this family, it's now proven that he's had the father of this children that he had with Sally Hemings, and even Monticello, who owns and operates his uh, museum there in Charlottesville, Virginia, stand behind the fact that he fathered Sally Hemings' children. You know, (laughs) 10 years ago, they would have said, oh, it's a probability, it's a possibility that he may have done it. And, you know, 20 years before that, 25 years ago, they would have been like, no, we don't know anything about no kids. (laughs) And 40 years ago... (laughs) 50 years ago, they say he didn't even have slaves, you know. So <laughs> we're growing. We're, we're learning and we're evolving as a society, as a people. And people are now coming to grips with accepting aspects of history as <laughs> history and not trying to rewrite history. They're trying to learn a comprehensive story about history. And that's what I try to tell people. Yeah, a lot of horrible, bad things happen in this country, but we can't just act like it didn't happen. We have to address it, learn from it so it doesn't happen again. And then, you know, heal from it. But we can't even heal from it when we're afraid to talk about it. That's right. I I absolutely think that, you know, when we scratch the surface in many families, we'll find a lot of interesting uh, tidbits. Uh, But we do have to acknowledge it. It happened and the the good and the bad. But to try, I agree, to accept the good with it and move your life on. So did you Mm -hmm. always, you know, the thing that I I admired about you and reading about you is that you have become what it's called a one man band. Uh, you you had a role as a writer, a director, an editor, a videographer, and reporter. How was this experience for you, Shannon, doing all these things? Well, you know, I get bored easily, so I have to keep moving. I have to stay on my toes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I guess some people, like my wife, may call me a control freak sometimes. So being able to know how and, and to be able to control my content and do it all is a it's a big aspect for me, you know, as, 
I get older and as I <laughs> get busier, you have to learn how to delegate and how to release things and let them go and say, well, hey, it is what it is. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So I've learned and- to delegate more and to not have to have my hand in every pot. But, um, you know, it's still a good skill to have. And I think having certain skills make me more marketable, especially in this industry. You know, I'm a television news anchor now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was starting out and doing more reporting and correspondent work, you know, you wanted to be able to do it all. You wanted to be able to at least understand it. Because when I would tour around the world, and if I'm shooting something, a story in Africa, or if I'm in you know, we're at the Oscars or whatever, you know, sometimes we have local crews that we're working with and they'll tell you things like, oh, no, we can't do that or we can't do this. And then like, actually, yes, we can. And this is how we can achieve it if we work together. And they're like, oh, oh, he's not just the camera guy. He's, I mean, he's not just the on-air talent. He actually knows what he's talking about. And so that made the whole piece better by me knowing what was possible. So I always I thought think- it was important to know those things. It is. And, you know, the, the thing about it is uh, there are a lot of people out there like you uh, who get bored easily. But I think, you know, and they need different things to keep them uh, active and to keep them going. Uh, and what I what I was learning about you as we've been sharing is that you said something very important at the beginning. And I think the listeners and those of you who are listening to this is that learn your craft, but know everything about it. And so you mm-hmm. jumped in and learned everything, what's behind the camera, mm-hmm. in front of the camera, and how to deal with it all. What do you think, um, yeah. Shannon, was maybe your favorite, or what did you think you enjoyed the most? Because, you know, learning all of it is great, but what do you think was the most yeah. intriguing for you? Uh, I think it's probably live television, because it's just so much fun. You never know what's going to happen. It's always changing, you know. One day uh-huh. I'm interviewing the Atlanta housewives, and the next day I'm interviewing a president. You know, you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna <laughs> encounter, and it's just always fun to go to work and have something different happen. I, I don't like the mundane thing where you know you go to work, you clock in, this happens, you know exactly what you're gonna do, and you know not to get down on anyone else's job. But I need that the variety in my life. I don't like the just everything happening the same way every day. Um, but I also want to make it clear that although I do a lot of different things, I try to make sure I stay in the same genre. So I'm still staying within entertainment. I'm not, you know, a news anchor who's selling used cars today and, and then tonight I'm working in a nightclub. And, you know, so I try, I try to make sure I stay within the same vein of my entertainment industry where, you know, I may be, you know, working the camera, but it's to make me look better on television and make the package and the the whole segment better. So there's different things that are within that industry that I like to do. And even like writing, I may have written a book, but that's part of journalism and, you know, being a journalist. So it's still related to the same type of thing. I like to say I'm an entertainer in many aspects because whether it's on stage doing speaking engagements, I just did an event with uh, the UPS store and Inc. Magazine where we were giving away uh, $25,000. I mean, we we gave away $10,000 to entrepreneurs to help them further their business. And it was like a game show style. And so in that game show, you know, I had to have a great personality, fun, exciting, energetic, and still get all the information across that we needed to get across for the game, the, the people, the contestants, and the people in the audience. 
So that's just another form of entertainment, but using the same skills I would use on television and just heighten it to another level. So it's all relevant and relative. Yes, it is. It's interesting. Uh, um, I can imagine what it's like in front of the, te- at the television, and you just sort of come alive, and when people get yeah. to see you, what, what you are the things? To. Yeah, but I do want to <laughs> caution people. You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, but in, in many cases, sometimes you can be a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. And you just want to be careful that you're not taking on too many random things because if you are, then you don't really get a chance to perfect any main thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some people mm-hmm. can do it, but, you know, a lot of people get so distracted because they're balancing so many pots. And some of the pots boil over and some of them burn because there's nothing in them. So you just want to be careful in how you strategically balance all that you're balancing in your life. I think that's so important for you to share because uh, I think... Uh, we're talking with uh, about 11, maybe 12 million millennials coming up uh, by 2025. Mm-hmm. And one of the yeah. things I know, they have a lot of energy. They want to do many, many of them because I work with some of the millennials. They want to do a lot of things and want to have it all. So we're going to come back after we take a quick break. And I want you to uh, sort of share if there's someone uh, who wants to go into media production or go into the area that you're in, what would you actually tell them that they should be doing as success tidbits? Okay, we're going to take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back with my guest today, Mr. Shanna Lanier. Stay tuned. Call your friends. Tell them to listen in. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my very interesting discussion with my energetic, personable, inspiring Mr. Shannon Lanier. Shannon, thank you so much again for being on the show. You know, I got a little showmanship in Dr. Young here, you know, when I think about it. Hey, you're doing a great job. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take that as a real compliment from a television host and anchorman who's on CW39's morning show in Houston, Texas. So uh, as we were going on break, Shannon, you have done so much and you're an energetic young man. You've accomplished a lot during your lifetime. 
And one of the things that I'd ask to share with maybe some of the younger folks uh, who are interested, we have a lot of folks that are, a lot of young people I do know that are majoring in media communications. Uh, We're in a digital age and we're growing more and more in the digital communication age. So what would you say Mm -hmm. to someone who's starting out and maybe they are majoring in media communications? Should they, what should they be doing? What is a success strategy that you would say to them? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, everyone has their own path, and you can't mm-hmm. judge someone else's path on what your life is going through and your, what your career is going through. So my path may be very different than someone else's, but it doesn't mean that your path can't be successful as well. And you can't spend too much time looking at their path, or you may miss your turn. So focus on your path, not everybody else's, and put as much energy and education into that path as possible because so many people, the more uh, educated you are and the smarter you are, that will show. You know, a lot of people think it's who you know will get you in the door, which in many cases, yes, that is true. Who you know will get you in the door, but what you know will keep you in the door because, yeah, the president of the company can bring you in, but if you're stupid and you're messing up and you don't know anything, you got you to go. So so you still have to know your stuff and be able to hold your own weight because they're not going to do your job for you. Uh, the other thing is, besides learning everything you need to know, I would say I like to give people the advice of starting with news because I think journalism, uh, real journalism, is a good foundation. You know, so many young people, they just say, I want to do entertainment. I want to interview celebrities. I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, I get the whole glitz and glamour of that lifestyle, But knowing the fundamentals of journalism is where it should start. And if you start news, that's going to give you a good foundation. You know, work your way up. Don't be so quick to jump to the top. Everyone wants to be uh, famous tomorrow. A lot of times when that happens, you make mistakes and then everyone sees them. So, yeah, you can get a job on Good Morning America tomorrow straight out of college. But then you may be making mistakes that everybody sees. And then you get fired and no one ever wants to hire you because they remember you from that guy, that girl who messed up on Good Morning America because you leaped a little too soon. But don't be afraid to put in the work first to work your way up. I mean, I started, you know, getting coffee and handing people scripts and, you know, really had to work my way up from the bottom when I started off at CBS in New York City. But I also surrounded myself with great people, which I encourage people to surround themselves with great people. Don't be, I guess it's like, don't be the smartest person in the room type of thing. You want to be the dumbest person in the room, and but surround yourself by geniuses so you can become a genius also. And, you know, I had several people, I mean, like my co-author, Jane Feldman, you know, you know, from her tutelage that we were even able to do the book and she taught me so much about the journey to write the book and what it was like to write a book, how to keep receipts, how to travel around the country and how to, you know, coordinate all of those aspects. <laughs> I mean, there were so many little tidbits of things I was able to learn just by watching and observing everything she did. And the same thing with my boss at CBS, Byron Harmon, working under him and watching how masterful he was at controlling a newsroom and just being a genius in his field. And, you know, I've been very blessed to be surrounded by a lot of amazing bosses like Genevieve Bryan, who I work for at Black Enterprise. And, you know, to see uh, black excellence in a female position running uh, two television, nationally syndicated television shows and being able to control that while being 
a, a great mother, several kids, have been a great wife, and just like, okay, it's possible I can balance all this, still have, you know, so many people think you can't have it all, you know, she's uh, proof that you can't have it all and do it all, it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you can't right. have it and you can still have a life, right. and I think so many people in our field, they put a family to the back burner because they're like, oh, I can't do my career if I have a family, I can't, you know, achieve what I want to achieve if I have this family, and it's like, well, then, the other part of it is you have all this career and success and you have no one to share it with because you were so busy having a career, you forgot to have a life. And so, you know, That's I encourage true. people to live and have a life. That's fine if you want. I'm not saying try, try to rush it, but you want a life. You want someone to share your success with. And that's one of the things I appreciate most about my wife is that, you know, she helps me slow down. She helps me enjoy life. And she gives me a reason to enjoy life. And she gives me a reason to uh, just spend time with my family and say, you know, I'm enjoying every minute. And every time I have to experience something when she's not with me and when our kids are not with me, I'm like, oh, I want them to be with me. I want to share with them. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I call you uh, the Renaissance man. <laughs> I tell you. Truly, so like I are. said before, it takes a village. I can't do it by myself, by oh, no means. My wife is, uh, handles a lot of the, what I do to make it possible for me to do what I do. She's a, she's a strong woman to be able to, to put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we give a big shout out to Mrs. Lanier. Okay, right now, yeah, we give a shout out. out to her. Okay. <laughs> you make sure she listens to the show to say that Dr. Young gave right. her a shout out. For being able definitely, to deal with definitely. Shannon Lanier. <laughs> Shannon, one of the things I can see uh, from talking with you, how you have been gifted with charisma and energy that I understand electrifies a stage. So you come alive when you get in the spotlight, <laughs> I've been told. And, uh, well, I'm an introvert. What do you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. When you get on stage <laughs> and you're absolutely able to compel uh, your audience with uh, your, your humor. And I understand, what do you tell audiences when you're speaking on stage? I mean, do you have a particular theme or are you talking about your legacy as one of Jefferson's, you know, lineage? Do you talk about that? What do you talk about when you're on stage? You know, you know what? I talk about whatever the crowd needs in that moment, you know, and sometimes <laughs> it could be uh, my lineage and, you know, being a, the sixth great grandson of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings and, you know, the book that Jane and I published with Random House, or <laughs> sometimes it could be just a motivational speech about, you know, surviving college or surviving life or going into the television industry. And sometimes we just have a, uh, hallelujah shout party up in there whatever <laughs> whatever is needed you know this past weekend I just uh, went to the National Urban League's convention in Indianapolis Indiana and I did one workshop where we were helping entrepreneurs with their elevator pitch uh, you know my background at working at Black Enterprise and different things that supported me that know how to do those type of things and then we also did a daddy daughter hair care demo where I'm teaching other dads how to do hair we had some experts on hand to help with that Oh, and nice. then I also emceed the Black Tie Gala that they do every year where we honored uh, the likes of Debbie Allen and her husband, Norm Nixon, as well as Anthony Hamilton. And, you know, I just love that space. I think I, 
sometimes love the live audience better than television audience because you get that immediate gratification of how they're liking it and that they're, what their energy is. I just feed off that energy. So uh, I travel all around the country doing different engagements and speaking engagements, whether it's motivational or inspirational or just talking and hosting events. And I love it. It's just fun. And, you know, I, I, maybe it's because I've sat through so many boring presentations and boring dinners <laughs> that it's like, you know, somebody needs to get up here and liven this thing up. And I believe, like, no matter how stuffy the crowd is, everybody wants to have a little fun and smile a little bit. Everyone is going through stuff and wants to, you know, go through a ha- have a happier day. Even when I'm trying to, you know, articulate things about slavery and, you know, the hard times during slavery, there's still time to smile and laugh in those situations and those stories, too, through, you know, the stories that I share or try to open it up. I think a lot of times those hard topics are hard for people to digest. So when you can make it a little humorous or have fun with some of those topics, then it makes it easier for people to want to accept, to want to listen to, opposed to just putting on, uh, building a wall and not taking anything in. It sensitizes it a little bit. That's great. Shannon, you know, when you think about, you know, you just turned 40. When you look back... Oh, what don't do you, remind me. Don't remind me. <laughs> no, you're just kidding. <laughs> but no, tell me, what do you think... It's a blessing to make it to 40, trust me. <laughs> it's a blessing, y'all. What do you think was one of your greatest challenges, and how did you overcome it? When you look back and reflect, what was your greatest challenge, or what was one of them? Because we all have challenges. Uh, one of the... I guess one of the major challenges was one of the things that also was an advantage for me was I uh, would go, go, go. My dad said, slow down, slow down. My mom says, you're burning the candle at both ends, slow down. And it was that I did need to slow down. I was doing too much, too fast, and I would get burnt out. And, you know, I've been working since I was able to walk probably. I don't know. I mean, I started working uh, when I was a kid. I was shoveling snow and cutting grass and selling candy bars and I was able to get my first job when I was like 13 or 14 because I was so anxious to work I lied on my application just so I can get a job and uh don't do that it's not I don't recommend that but uh you know so I've been working literally since I I, on a real check job since I was about 14 or 15 and um you know you get burned out you just hustle so much and you push so hard at you get burnt out and you know, that's what happened to me. And, you know, I really had to, you know, slow down and cause you know, things were being missed. You start missing appointments, you start hurting people's feelings. My, my God sister even told me, she was like, you're not being a good friend. You're a horrible friend right now. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what have I done? So I really had to step back and assess my life cause I didn't want my family, especially to suffer from, my, uh, you know, desire to be successful or my, you know, need to work, work, work hard. And so I really had to, you know, slow down and say, you know, it will come in time when it's ready, when it's my time. It'll happen. So, and, so how, know, di- how did you slow down? I mean, how did, how did you slow down? Well, my wife helped me. She said, slow mm-hmm. down, boy. But uh, it's really good. Uh-huh. trying to organize my life more and say, okay, I need at least six, seven hours of sleep, which is usually more like six, but if I'm lucky. <laughs> On my new schedule, it's more like five because I work a morning show and wake up at 3 a.m. every day. But um, it's really about categorizing your life, trying to figure out what's important, what's not, 
and what you need to get done by the end of the day and what can wait till the next day and what can wait till the next day and not saying yes to everything. It's okay not to say yes to everything because, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to say yes to this. You know, I don't want to hurt people's feelings if I can't be there, if I can't do this. You know, right now I had to say, okay, family first. Let me, you know, take care of my family. Let me do that, you know. Also making sure I'm there for my church. God first, too. You know, those two parallels there of making sure I am where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And then after that, okay, then I have to work and then I have to, you know, feed the family. So you just have to pick and choose, uh, you know, making lists. I'm, I'm always, you know, a proponent of making pros and cons lists or, you know, a list of things to do to really try to categorize what needs my attention right now. And I also try not to waste time. You know, so many people and so many People say, you know, I don't have time. There's not enough time in the day. But yet you just sat there and wasted three hours watching, you know, uh, junk TV, you know, or whatever it was. But, you know, Shannon, Shannon, it mm -hmm. sounds like to me what I'm hearing, too, is from early on. And I'm going to say it because it sounds like you were just driven. I mean, this this drive. And it was more taking you rather than you taking it. So yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm accurate. picking up. <laughs> and, and you and know so what? I, also the unfortunate aspect of that mm-hmm. is I really didn't get to enjoy a lot of the things that I was doing because I was so busy doing them. And, you know, an example is that when I was working on this television show called Arise 360 that some people may have seen on the BET sister station Centric or wherever, it was a global television show that aired around the world and I was interviewing three and four celebrities a day. I mean, A-listers wouldn't come to New York without coming on our show and it was an amazing amazing experience that Eugenia Harvey was able to cultivate through that show and she was just, she's another brilliant person that I've worked for who is amazing and you know, when she <laughs> created this show she just created a masterpiece of being able to put so much and so many different varieties in one show but I didn't. I was just so busy doing the show, going to red carpets, you know, living the life that I didn't get to enjoy it and just slow down and be like, wow, this is my life. I get to do this. And before you know it, by the time I moved on to the next thing, I was like, oh, I, I really missed that. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't even yeah. know the half of what I missed because I was so busy. I didn't get to breathe it in. Well, you know, and I, and I know, too, that you are a family man. You have three mm-hmm. children and a wife, how, how did you, you know, how do you find the balance? When did you realize, because I know you married your high school, was it a college sweetheart? You married your college sweetheart? Yep. So, yep. I'm married my college sweetheart, Chandra, and we now have uh, three kids, Madison, who's eight, Mackenzie, who's six, and Carter, who's three. And that was one of the things that really helped me slow down because I love them so much. I want to spend as much time as possible. I feel guilty for going to work half of the time because I'm like, I want to be with them. Uh, <laughs> and then there's those days where you're like, you know what? I'm going to work because I need a break. <laughs> Get away from y'all for a minute. Like, <laughs> but that's what I yeah. Then, then I know Balance. that you're Balance. you're you're also an avid church member, and you know uh, I was sharing with you how did you find time to integrate all of this in your life, family, work, your spirituality, mm-hmm. because that needs. I, I take it from you, you want to take care of that as well. So how mm-hmm. and what do you plan to do to have more balance in your life? Oh, I got some good questions. Well, you know, 
I think now that I'm in, I just moved to Houston, Texas a few months ago to, to angle that CW show you mentioned. And I think being in Texas has helped me because things are a little slower here. You know, I don't know as many people here, so it has kind of forced me to slow down a little bit, which is a good thing. Um, you know, I'm not going out every single night and doing events every single day, so that's helpful. Um, you know, and it's just about planning and, and having all of those important aspects that I want to focus on be central to what I do every day. So it's not like, you know, oh, I just have to do it this day. I try to, you know, go up besides church on Sunday, but I'm also always listening to, to podcasts like Joe Olstein and whoever's, you know, a good preacher like my, my brother-in-law, Brendan Glass, listening to his podcast, and, you know, different things where I'm strengthening my spirit throughout the week and not just focusing on that day. You know, spending time with the kids every day where, you know, it's not just, but you know, it's like things are scheduled. So uh, schedules sure. is helpful, you know, because I know I'm going to wake up at this time, wake up at three o'clock, be at work by four o'clock, shows on from six to nine, and I finish what I have to do there, and then I go on to the next thing, and so scheduling things out really has helped me budget my time, and then if I'm like, okay, I have extra time here, am I going to waste that time? Am I going to veg out? And sometimes you do need to just veg out and watch a stupid TV show or a comedy show, and then other times it's like, okay, that's time I could be reading this book I'm trying to get through, or, you know, if I'm going to be sitting in the doctor's office, let me take that book or that homework that I need to do from work to make sure I study up on the next guest that's coming the next day. So it really is about budgeting every minute and trying not to be uh, wasting time because, you know, idle time is the devil's playground. So I try not to have any <laughs> idle time unless I plan for it. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to plan a nap because, you know, days like this, today I'm exhausted. I've been up since 3 o'clock. I've been in constant meetings until three minutes before I got on the phone with you was actually getting some food while you called while, while you all started the call because I was starving and I was like, I need to eat. So <laughs> yes, you do. Well, yeah. I, I really so want to thank that you all. for taking time and really balancing and budgeting your time and planning is so important. So I know the listeners are really getting a lot out of that. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about a little bit is you have done, you know, quite a bit again, as this young man, you founded something called number Daddy Duty 365. Am I titling it appropriately? Daddy? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the handle is at Daddy Duty 365. And okay. basically it's an opportunity for me to highlight uh, positive images of good fathers because there's so many great fathers out there doing amazing things. But a lot of times dads get the bad rap, you know, the, the baby mm-hmm. daddy and all that stuff. I even have a shirt that says, I'm no baby's daddy, I'm a father. Um, so... <laughs> And, you know, I just think it's good that we highlight those those good dads that are out there and then show other positive images of things that they're doing. So you see me on Instagram doing my daughter's hair. You see me out there going out of town. Like when I went to Indianapolis this weekend, I took two of my daughters with me by myself. Like, yeah, people are like, you traveled all by yourself with your children? I'm like, yes, (laughs) I'm a father. I should be able to handle that and, and you know just people are so amazed and I think that there's so many other fathers there's single fathers out there and I you know want, don't want to take anything away from mothers because they're amazing but fathers can be amazing too and there's enough space to share that title of being a great parent and I think that we need more positive images of that out there so that's what I try to provide I, I need to do that more that's one of the things I would like to make time for is to you know push that platform more in the future. Um, 
But, you know, okay. I've been trying to do as much as I can with that in my own life and with posting images on social media under Daddy Do the 365. How did, how did you come up with this idea? I mean, the, the concept, did you have a great dad in your life? I mean, how did you come up with the fact that... Uh, yeah. I did have a great father in my life that was very active. And, you know, it was just based on the work that I was doing as a father that was just doing what I was doing. And everyone said, hey, you should start a blog or you should start, you know, something where other people can learn from you. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great idea. And I was like, you know, we always get a bad rap. And so that's when I decided to do something where I could show Okay. Now, I want to know a little bit about this show that you went from, did you go, you went from New York to uh, Texas, right? Uh, Yep, I moved from New York City to Texas to host, actually Houston, to be more specific, to host Houston, the yes. CW39. So what is CW39's morning show about? So basically, it's a three-hour morning show from 6 to 9 a.m. every morning where we do the news, of course, and give you the highlights of things you need to know for that uh, morning and what's going to happen here in Houston. It's very, you know, local base, and of course, we give you the national headlines as well. Okay. But we also will have local guests come on to talk about initiatives, events happening in Houston, or just great cooking recipes. And, you know, so it was mm-hmm. nice to have something that provided a balance where I wasn't just doing entertainment news, but I'm also not just doing hard news all the time. And, you know, because all that death and murder gets too sad for me. I don't, I can't. <laughs> right. I've right. done that before. And I was like, I can't just do sad death and murder all day. I need something that's going to keep me alive and awake. So that's why I thought a morning show was a nice transition coming from the entertainment show that I did before into this. Because, you know, unfortunately, the entertainment business is getting so, uh, it's just getting fickle. You know, it's so overly saturated with celebrities. Everybody wants, you know, the people with a 3 million social media followers to do their show. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, yes, yes. a lot of journalists aren't getting the opportunity to do entertainment shows mm-hmm. because of that. Um, right. So I was like, you know, let, let me go back to news for a little bit. But, you know, something with a little bit more balance to it but where I'm able to have fun. And I think a morning show provided me that opportunity to do that. And I am very blessed, again, to work with amazing people, it's especially in television. You get a lot of fake TV friends <laughs> from that you work with. And, you know, people are, aren't as genuine once you go off the air is what I'm saying. You're like, oh, I was wondering like about friends yeah. and I get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we I was do. wondering like, about that. Uh, you actually do get along with your coworkers. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, everybody's great. Sharon is uh, my main co-anchor on the show. And then we have Maria, who does weather. Hannah does traffic. Courtney's in the field reporting. And then Maggie is also in the field reporting and doing different fun, amazing things. And then one of our producers, Trey, also acts as some on-air talent for news readers and stuff. And it really is a nice... It's a breath of fresh air to have a family that you, like, actually can hang out with after work and really have fun being family. And I can call them like, hey, what you doing? You know, so it's a breath of fresh air to have people like that that you can work with and really all get along, especially on television. So That's true. I, You know, one of the things that this is an intriguing question, because today in such a climate and environment that we have with the news, with everything going on, how do you and your colleagues sort of stay 
uh, the word I want to find is keep your head on, you know, not because it's really difficult. You're giving news. You're talking about local news. You're talking about what's happening nationally and sometimes internationally. How do you keep a steady head and not let yourself get emotionally involved? That's that's the word Mm -hmm. I was looking for. Because you're reporting the news and some of it is not very, it's not very encouraging. How do you keep your emotions out of it? Well, one, we have no choice because that's what new people are supposed to do. But uh, (laughs) in some aspects, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of times we get desensitized to it because we've been doing it so long. You know, there was a point when, especially I was reporting, where I was at, you know, a crime scene looking at a dead body every day. And, you know, I'm sitting there eating my lunch and talking on the phone like, what you doing this weekend? Oh, no, I'm at this crime scene, a dead body. We're about to uh, haul into the ambulance. You know, it's like you start to forget, like, you get so desensitized to it. You start to get this is a life, this is a body, this is someone's family member here. So that's one of the reasons I got out of the hard, hard news of, you know, reporting and doing all the death and murder all the time. So it's a little bit easier on a morning show because sometimes we can crack a joke about it or we can okay. you know, laugh off some of, some of the certain things certain political people say these days. Um, and then in the news, you also have an opportunity to combat some of the sad and horrible stuff with positive stories. So we like to have on a lot of organizations that are doing amazing things to like camps for kids with disabilities or, you know, organizations that are having walks for, uh, you know, foster care and different things like that. Um, so we, you know, we try to offset a lot of the horrible things that we hear in the news by doing positive stories or uplifting stories or having guests that are fun come on the show. And I think that's one of the things that sets us apart from some of the other morning shows out there is that it's not all death and murder and serious stuff. We like to have a lot of fun on our show. And, you know, whether that's us making fun of a topic or having some fun people on. Uh, J.B. Smooth was just on the the show on Friday, and, you know, he's hilarious. So (laughs) we like to have fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's incredible. And I'm glad that, you know, I want to thank you for being so transparent and sharing your very fascinating journey. Because, Shannon, you've really done a lot for a young man on the move. What do you think is next for you in the last few minutes before we close the show? What What do you think is next mm. for you? Because I figured you're going to be doing something <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, who so, knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm definitely trying to, you know, go bigger and better, go harder slow and Slow down, slow down. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly, slow down. But, you know, <laughs> as long as I want to do more with my Daddy Duty 365, so, and okay. I definitely want to, you know, continue doing videos with my kids. And I also um, have written two other books or have been collaborated to do two other books. I have a third one that I'm supposed to be working on, but it's on the back burner. And then I would like to do a children's book that I have been asked about already. Um, oh, so it's just a matter of oh. finding the time, maybe once school starts back up again, to start focusing on doing that. Because, you know, being a father, it's like you can never have too many books for your kids. And, you know, doing something that my kids can relate to that, you know, would be beneficial for a young children of color would be, uh, you know, nice to do. That'd be great. Well, I want to thank you and give my regards to Chandra and your family. Thank you. (laughs) 
And I just have one last thing. You know, no, this is funny. I really, you are described as energetic. I said it, personable, inspiring, spiritually grounded, and very engaging and witty. And you've been all of that today, Shannon. You truly have been. Aw, thank you. And, and, you know, I know you're a little tired. I could tell, you know, you've been going, 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 going. And uh, I can share that because sometimes I feel like I'm that going, going, going. Mm -hmm. But slow down and enjoy the roses. Uh, And just thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciated your spending time with me. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated our conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. And so, listeners, I want you to stay tuned because next week we're going to have another powerhouse guest. And I believe you know her, Shannon. It's Precious Williams, the master communicator oh, yeah. and creator mm-hmm. of Perfect Pitches. She's been seen on Perfect. Shark Tank, CNN, and MSNBC. So Precious Williams will be on the show next week, and I can't wait to interview her. So stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. And Shannon, again, get some rest. <laughs> you got another morning show. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Have a great day, everybody. Be blessed. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.